Hi, Merlin. <laughs> How's it going? Got a little bit of an AV. Yeah. Issue. Might be your pre uh, your pre PC. You might want to check that. Yeah. Let's mm. see. Audio and video settings. Audio and video settings. Do I want a, a background effect? No. 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 Down here. Mike. What, what, what um what is it that changes your your inputs? Are you, are you working on your uh, on your uh, shoegaze uh, tunes or what's what's going on? Why does it change? Um. Yeah. Things... Is that a personal question? You can feel free to skip it. No, no, no. Things move around. Mm. The uh, the laptop gets unhooked and moved to different places. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're on a laptop. That's cool. Unfortunately, I just I just restarted, mm-hmm. and uh, the microphone is working. Hmm. It is. I can hear you. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not. I'm talking into the. I can hear the microphone, my mic, mm, yeah. in, in, in my cans. So part of the system is working. Unfortunately, I'm going to switch over to built-in microphone. I'm going to switch back, default device. Sleep like a pillow, no one there. Where she won't care, anywhere. Soft as a pillow touch her hair. Where she won't dare somewhere. I, I've enjoyed the song Only Shallow by My Bloody Valentine for a very long time. I've never known the lyrics. I thought it might be one of those cocktail twins things where they're not really words. I thought they're, that's say those say those lyrics again. Uh sleep. So I think it's sleep like a pillow, no one there. Where she won't care anywhere. Soft as a pillow. Touch her hair. Where she won't dare somewhere. Hmm. Then you got verse two, and they identify here. I'm on the genius.com site. They, uh, each time they indi- indicate that uh, my shoegaze girlfriend Belinda Butcher is the singer. It says verse two colon Belinda Butcher, sweet like a mallow, softer, fair. It's getting better. Feel like you grew stronger. Sleep going to tremble. She's not square. Whoa. Soft like there's silk everywhere. These are terrible lyrics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those I mean, are terrible it works in the context of the song because it's just mouth sounds. Ash. Uh, you know. We've. I'm having. I'm having a hard time getting my sound. Hmm. Do, do you want to fix your things and I'll call you back? I mean, I just restarted it right before the call, and I don't know what. Uh, let me just do that again. Oh, um, my only two tip, my two tips would be unplug and replug whatever your mic is, and then uh, check the system settings, and then then check Skype. Let me just hotbox it right now. And, uh, All right. Don't 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 hang up. Oh oh, I'm gonna hang up. Here we go. Hotbox out. Mm-hmm. Hotbox in. Hotbox. What about now? Same. Oh wait. That's all it needed. Okay, is this the show or do you want to restart? Oh, no, that was the show. It's what, okay. What's in the show is in the show. Verse 3, Belinda Butcher. Go on. Sleep as a pillow, comfort yeah. there. Where she won't dare, anywhere. Look in the mirror, she's not there. Ooh. Where she won't care, <laughs> somewhere. End of song. <laughs> 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 
You know, you know, I think our friends, friends like uh, Paul and Storm and probably Jonathan Colton would be pretty proud of us if we started an acapella group and uh, we did things like shoegaze songs. All, all we did was acapella shoegaze. Yeah, we'll do like wow, we'll, wow. we'll do Ford, we can, we can we'll do Ford Mustang. down. Did you, would you uh, count them as shoegaze? Would you count that band? What's that band called? The one I like. I was talking about this. Power the driver. Other. What are they called? Uh, screwdriver. No. Screwdriver. Uh, swerve driver. Swerve driver. Swerve driver. Yeah. I, I I referred to swerve driver just the other day. I was trying to explain how um, how we went from the Happy Mondays to Blur, <clears throat> blur. to someone that didn't know how how that had how that that ground was covered. You know, that, that's that, like me trying to explain how Lucille Ball's uh, work at Desilu Productions saved Star Trek. It requires <laughs> so much explanation that eventually leads to something that literally no one cares about. Well, and that's the thing. I was using all these terms like, well, that wasn't exactly shoegaze. Yeah, it was more and, like we come out of the, the pop C86 stuff and what was yeah, going on in Australia, that, Teenage that Fan exactly Club. Shoegaze, yeah. shoegaze and, and that wasn't shoegaze. And then that was shoegaze. <laughs> Just for a second, but <laughs> I wouldn't call it shoegaze. It was very frustrating, and the, the person I was talking to didn't know any of the bands. Mm. So I was like, ah, I, I mean, I don't know what. And then I and then I realized, like, oh, everybody knows Fool's Gold. Yeah. So then I played her Fool's Gold, and she was like, huh, yeah, I think. And I was like, really? This song didn't completely change your life when you heard it for the first time and she was like i don't think so i mean i remember it kind of i was like wow because fool's gold changed everything man i like <laughs> I that i like that first what song here what's the what's the doon 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 oh i want to be adored i always like that i want to be adored yeah that's that one uh changed everything too it changed I mean, everything that, everything changed everything in the show yeah how many how many times can you change everything you can't um, land on a fraction you know, That's um, right. you also got, it was confusing as, to live in the United States then because there's really different things going on for a while. I, I think you, you, it could be argued that the time from, I want to say, let's say starting around 89 to about 96, m- mostly there was so much diff- different stuff going on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's like a lot, a lot of stuff coming from like the first time somebody played me Park Life, mm-hmm. I went, did, did they not? Did they not get the message about what's going on right now? Yeah, what is this is this? not what's going on. This is something entirely different. Yeah, what are we? What am I supposed to make about this? Then a little later, you get the woohoo song, and everybody mm-hmm. liked that. And I think that's when you started to the timeline started to uh, re-merge. Would you Would you read the lyrics to woohoo? Oh yeah, that's what's that called? Song number two. Song number two, which is uh, not from Park Life. Okay, let's see. Here's the lyrics to the. Oh, it's called Song Two by Blur, mm-hmm. uh, and the song goes like this: Intro, woohoo, mm-hmm. woohoo, sure. woohoo, woohoo. And then he says, "I got my head checked." Oh boy, that guy's a really good guitar player. I think he had a heroin problem, but he's a very good guitar player. Yeah, that's what I, I got hear. my head checked by a jumbo jet. It wasn't easy, but nothing is. No. Woohoo, when I feel heavy metal, woohoo, and I'm on pins and I'm needles. Woohoo, Uh-oh. well, lion, I'm easy all the time, but I'm never sure why I need you. Pleased to meet you. Hmm. Hmm. 
Hmm. <laughs> I was not a fan of uh, of Oasis. I think that's partly because I'm American. I did like Blur. I like that song that you were just saying. Yeah, you gotta get your park life right. You know that song? I like that yeah, song. Get your park oh, life. Oh, you know what? Right. I like the boys who, who uh, the girls like boys, boys and the girls. That song. I like that song. I think it's called, might be called Boys and Girls. I like that song. Do you remember all the bands that were called Boys and Girls? At one point, boys versus girls. It was girls there against was boys. Girls against boys. There was girls. Soft slash boys. boys. Spice girls. Uh, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, that's also that. That's kind of from that like midish, slightly post midish nineties merge and Matador bands, mm. and like drag city bands, and a lot of them have very silly names. I also did not like Oasis and cannot Mm-mm. be brought into the Oasis camp, no matter how many teams of horses have been hooked to me yes. by people. And, you know, and I'm, and I'm not even digging my feet in. I just cannot be moved. I'm like a, I'm like a, like a obelisk. That <laughs> obelisk I'm, being dragged I'm, by horses. <laughs> I'm like an obelisk <laughs> that even Elgin cannot uh-huh. displace from his from my rightful spot next to the oh, Sphinx yeah, you gotta, not you liking... Lash yourself to the mast. <laughs> <laughs> not liking Oasis. Well, um, here's the thing. Is I'm the worst kind of not a fan in that case, which is I think I understand what people like about them. It, it, I, I don't... I, and if I do understand that, that's not what I like, and I especially don't like them. And I think they... I, I don't want to rag on them because I know a lot of people enjoyed their music. There's always like Oasis versus Blur, and I'm like, are you kidding me? First of all, why why do we have to do these things? That's so it's so English to have this band versus that band. It's so dumb. But yeah. but Blur's a better band, hands down, no question. It's like they were so always was so boring. Mm. They were so pleased but, with themselves. They're like the anti kinks. I was always so bummed that the British music press seemed to have a seemed to have an us versus them thing going on with my band, which was my band versus literally any other band that they would prefer. Huh. To my opinion. really, yeah, I didn't. I Did never anybody got... deserve that? Did is there anyone that you would consider to be no. a worthy nemesis in that lineup? Oh well, I mean, t- sure, there were great bands in that uh, in that era that the English press preferred to us, but there were also <laughs> terrible bands that they preferred to us. Yeah, uh, they preferred everyone to us. It was one of the colossal disappointments, I think, of my mid period in rock that I could not get the British to like my band. And I spent, it may surprise you, it may not, Hmm. that I expended a lot of ordinance, spent a lot of money and a lot of time trying to click with the UK. Because, you know, you get, you you, you make choices, right? You're talking to somebody and they're like, well, we have a $10,000 budget. Mm -hmm. We can... Spread that money around $2,000 a territory and get your music on the radio in Belgium and in Luxembourg. and Or we can spend 8000 of it in the UK in the hopes that if, it, if your band takes off in the UK, that does a lot of work mm-hmm. toward making it big in Luxembourg. Because everybody watches the UK, and I always made the, the maybe not error. I didn't say use it all in the UK. I said save a little for Luxembourg. I see, but you you were open to spending more than might be logical 
because it was important to you to break through there? Given the the amount of money we made on shows, um, relative to the cost of hotels, petrol, mm. transport, and ferry boat rides, mm-hmm. lorry, lorry. Uh, if you want to let a lorry, yep. Mm-hmm. Given the amount of time I spent doing interviews with the British trouser press, um relative to their like sneering lack of interest in me. Um, what I should have done looking back is never play a single show in the UK mm-hmm. or give them a moment's time Mm-mm. because over here, Merlin, mm. the Germans yeah. were very interested in the long winters. The Germans are the- very interesting people. They also love, they loved podcasts before oh. a lot of people. And also they have extremely strong and vocal opinions about both the content and technology behind podcasts. This is, it is known. This is, this is a German, Germans and podcasts are like uh, peas and carrots. Interesting. It's absolutely, it's absolutely true. John, hang on, before we move any further here, I have to ask you two questions. Okay, Feel free to say no. Number one, is it okay if we talk about music this episode? Well, you know, when I woke up this morning, Merlin, I had a little bit of a, I had a little bit of a sore throat. Mm-hmm. And I thought as I was coming downstairs, you know, I never think about our show before we do the show. Hmm. But as I was coming downstairs, I was like, what is a, what's going to happen if my, if my throat is a little sore and it's hard to, and it's not a sickness sore, it's a shouting sore. But like, you know, I can't really, can't really keep up, you know, with Merlin if, I, if, my, if my throat is scratchy. And as I walked into the room, I was like, but if we do a music episode, mm-hmm. if we talk about music. Music. Merlin doesn't need me. I, I, mm. All I have to do is just go, oh, yeah. I appreciate yeah. you saying that, but I'd love for you to be here. I don't want to worry you out. <laughs> oh, geez. John. Yeah, I know it's terrible, but it's not the coronavirus. It's, I know exactly what it is. Shouting sore. Yesterday, yesterday was a shouty day. Okay. And, uh, and I knew when I was doing it, I was like, oh, wow. When was the last time you blew out your voice? Let me ask you that, Merlin. When was the last time you blew out your voice? Um, I can't remember specifically, but I can tell you the way in the last... Uh, a few years, the way I most consistently blow out my voice is going out. Um, well, I'll just be honest, like being in a loud bar with friends and me having a lot to drink. I will frequently be um, very hoarse the next day. Well, back when I would do those sorts of things, that was you know, that was a- it. Before that, it might be performing, but no, that's mostly it. Even like anywhere where like the thing is, I'm. You can hear me when sometimes in, not not you, but one who listens to to podcasts will often hear like on an episode of a show, I seem like pretty okay. But then in the ads, I, I sound really weird. And that's usually because I think my voice is tender. And sometimes oh. it's a little bit, no, you know, I, I recorded like four hours of podcast the other day and I could barely talk at the end. Yeah. There's that. But no one's the last time. You, so you had a shouty day yesterday. Yeah. And the thing is that, uh, you know, losing your voice is, a, is just one of the things that happens in the, in the rock business. You try real hard not to do it. But, mm-hmm. uh, but every once in a while... Uh, you know, a combination of things comes along. You throw it out. Yeah, it's been a while since I thrown thrown it out. Uh-huh. Anyway, so I am I am all the way there on doing a music episode. Mm-hmm. I'm really curious about the Germans and podcasts. Oh, you I know, know we'll the Australians talk about and podcasts. Well, given uh, that and New Zealanders, the two part. Well, I'll talk about John. I'll talk. This could be the beginning of a multi series arc, as far as I'm concerned. Really, the entire series is a multi series arc. Sure, sure, the sure. Whole, but the uh, show. 
Let's take it there. Let's the let's take it question, anywhere. The second question is, I can't remember where we, you, we have talked mm. about this. It might have been in my yard. It very much might have been on the Back to Work backdoor pilot, pardon my saying, or it might have been here. On Roderick on the uh, Roderick on the Rhine. That's a journey. That's a god damn it. <laughs> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Mac Weldon. You can learn more about Mac Weldon right now by visiting macweldon.com/rotl. Mac Weldon is a premium men's essentials brand that believes in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. Their products are great, and their site is really easy to use. I use it all the time. I, I'm happy to say I'm a huge fan of theirs. Mac Weldon believe that their stuff will be the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, sweatpants, and more that you will ever wear. And they offer a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial, which means they eliminate odor, a good thing to eliminate uh, as regards clothes. And they want you to be comfortable. So if you don't like your first pair of underwear, you can keep it and they will still refund you with no questions asked. Not only does Mack Weldon's underwear, socks, and shirts look good, they perform well too, good for working out, going to work, going on dates, uh, everyday life. I like it for recording podcasts. And then going home after I record podcasts, I'm wearing Mack Weldon right now. What can I say? You know, the folks at Mack Weldon have even created their own totally free loyalty program called Weldon Blue. Level one gets you free shipping for life. And once you reach level two by spending $200, Mack Weldon will start giving you 20% off every order for the next year. Nothing wrong with that. Like I say, I'm a big fan of Mack Weldon. I'm wearing this stuff right now. I love their uh, Tech Cashmere long sleeve shirt, their 18 hour uh, jersey crew neck undershirt. And you know, one that I mentioned recently on an episode of the talk show that I learned about from my friend John Gruber, the one mile slipper. These things are amazing. I, I don't know what to tell you. They're super cozy, but they're also, they've got like a soul. And so they're kind of structural, you know, a soul, like a human being. Uh, and they're really great. And now they're back in stock after John and I kind of sold them out, I think, a while back. But you can go pick those up. They are the best, the one-mile slipper. Um, so please go right now. You go to MacWeldon.com slash R-O-T-L, just like it sounds. And you can get 20% off your order by using the promo code R-O-T-L. That's MacWeldon.com slash R-O-T-L, M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com slash R-O-T-L. That was a long song. They can just have that. It's a freebie. 20% off your order. You know, uh, seriously, our thanks to Mac Weldon for supporting Roderick on the Line and all the great shows. And that moment with that particular ad is a reason, in part, that Germans love chapter markers in podcasts. Did you know that? They're very vocal about it. So they want uh, invisible markers that, that say, like, and then the show transitioned to here. And Unfortunately, that's exactly what they want, and which is the problem. Now, if you had the kind of show that was like, for example, think about the CBS TV show, the beloved TV show, 60 Minutes, mm -hmm. where it's very clear at the very beginning of the show, they say, hey, look, we're 60 Minutes, tick, 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 or, or yep. similar. We and have they five, in, five episodes today. And then they play you uh, excerpts from exactly three segments of, mm -hmm. of uh, you know, equidistant length. And then mm -hmm. maybe saying later on, Andy Rooney gets mad at his desk drawer or whatever, whatever they mm -hmm. do now. Marilyn mm -hmm. vs. Savant, I don't even know. But the, mm -hmm. the point is, like, th that makes a ton of sense because you go, oh, I, I want to see the one about like uh, the, the guy who fixes sewing machines, but I don't want to see the one about table tennis. And you know, you know what part you're in. It's very clear. Now that makes sense. Chapters make sense there. It's more difficult when you're doing a more discursive Lenny Bruce thing and you're, you're right. shucking and jiving. And right, then, like, sure, how, how do you split that up? Was that? I said, "Fuck the man." Fuck the man. Oh yeah. man, he he he. Yeah, uh, he he. Yeah, it was tough how, for him. 
how would you yeah. put chapters into an episode of our show because it's like a tone poem? I totally show, agree, right? John. I totally agree. I, it would be, I'll tell you how I do it in a moment, and we're pretty deep in the stack here. But what, what I will say to you is, no, I, I will not do chapter markers in most of the programs that I do because it wouldn't make any sense. I want you to listen to the whole thing. If you're listening to it, and thank you for listening, please listen at 1x, mm-hmm. and please listen oh. from the beginning to the end. And like, Wait, don't no, go straight never- to the sewing machine guy. You've never you've never said that before, Merlin. You've never come out in favor of one X. I guess I didn't even know to know whether I was curious about whether you believed in one X. Or I don't 1. like to talk about X. it too much because it's a it's a bit of a bit, right? But but you're pro one X. You're pro real time. I'll tell you what I'm what I'm pro and anti here. Let me just lay this out, and then we'll get back to the Germans, and then we'll get back to music, and we the second part of the question, which is going to be the, the difficulties and vagaries of trying to organize a tour in the UK and Europe, which I think is a fascinating anecdote of yours. So here's the thing: uh, what I'm against is unless you have like if you're the sort of person who has like a a, a sight d- disability and you're real good at hearing stuff fast. Like, you know, uh, don't listen at 3X, you know, don't listen at 2X. I mean, if you enjoy it and do it, you know, it's the holiday season, Hakuna Matata. But like what I will abide is my friend Marco uh, makes my podcast app and it's called Overcast. And that has something called smart, I think it's called smart speed. And all that does is just very, it's very intelligent about not speeding it up exactly, but more like removing micro pauses. But even then the pauses are important. You know, the rest are just as important as the notes. That's what I always tell my wife. The pause is in the house. The pause is coming from inside the podcast. Well, yeah. So I've never said uh, one word about it because I don't listen to podcasts. Obviously. I understand. I don't even, I don't even have a TV. But, uh, but my sense is that if you're listening to this, it's hardly – because you're gathering information, right? Mm. You're not you're not trying to get to the part where. Well, it'd be like the, buying a, it's like buying a dictionary <laughs> for 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 one one uh, letter or even for one word. You need the whole dictionary, really. You know, my people use every part of the dictionary, and that's the sure. point of the show. If you you're learning something, you just may not realize it yet. You'll know. You know, it's like when you got to defend yourself in that alley and you're glad you took jujitsu. Like you're gonna stuff. You're gonna find wisdom in what we've had to say, if not today, if not tomorrow. Someday. And if you're doing that at double speed, you're really getting half of the benefit, let's be honest. But you listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I was now, listening to a podcast you, literally when we started uh, our, our discussion. How, how long into our show were you still listening to the podcast? The I'm other still podcast? listening to it in this can over here. Okay. No. So how do you fit them all in without listening to them at 2.5 speed? I have excellent taste. Oh, you don't listen to bad podcasts. I don't listen to bad podcasts. And um, it's mainly like if I develop a relationship with a podcast, which I very much do, then that's the kind of thing where like, I, I, I mean, I get real into it. Just to close the loop on one thing. The way I, st- a few, this is not important, but a few weeks, months ago, I started doing chapter markers for our show oh. um, for no particular reason. And there's only one logical way to do that that I'm aware of. The only way I will, unless you disagree, is to uh, have the part of the show where we talk and the part where we have an advertisement from one of our beloved sponsors and then another talking part, et cetera. And I break those up 
And then it's cool, though, because then also I can do stuff like put in the URL. So if somebody wants to click on uh, learn about Mac Weldon and their one-mile slippers, they could do that right in the midst of the podcast and click on right. the link. So right. I think that's kind of cool. But this, but, but the, the, to, your, to your point from before, though, it's like I, I don't – and I go like, okay, first of all, real talk, jokes have left the room. I don't sure, actually sure, care. Sure. I don't, Break yeah. it down. <laughs> do it however you want. I don't care. It's fine. Just like, thank you for listening. It's cool that, you, that you're listening. I appreciate it. But, um, but I, I also know that, like, for example, this is going to sound, sound random, but – Think about random, like, random. <laughs> think about improv. Um, oh, do I have to hang on? I know, like, I used to think I liked poetry, but then I thought I, I realized I only really like a few poems. Mm. Now, improv, it, it, the point is, there is very good improv. And now, what, mm-hmm. you, what do you not want to do? You, you don't want to come in in the what would be the third act at the end of the Herald or whatever. You don't want to come in at the end of long form improv because you're busy. Hmm. that's the point is the, the, oh, that's the sure. ultimate example to me of like, I'm living in what's unfolding on stage right now. And like, I'm, I am a hundred percent devoted. My attention is entirely devoted to this. And in, in the case of something like, uh, you know, something from the COVID times that I love middle ditch and Schwartz, like you have to really pay attention. I think one reason some people are confused by that show is they're not paying enough attention. And mm. if you're not paying attention, you're going to say, why are these guys running around and sitting in different chairs? Well, here's the spoiler. Mm. They're Uh-oh. playing different characters, and then they're picking up on the character that the other person did, and they're adding something to it, and they're changing places, and they're doing all the things. So in that case, yeah, don't listen, don't watch that at 4X, but also don't sure. jump in at the end, because you're missing – the whole point of it is that you're in that moment with them. That's how I feel about the podcast I love. I could, I yeah, could skip around be- to save my life. It would kill me. If you weren't there at the beginning when they asked uh, for an animal in a state capital, yeah. none of the jokes later would make any sense. Right. I'm going to need a rank of police officer, a pizza mm-hmm. topping, oh. and and a, and a two-door car. Okay. Go. Yes, and. So Here we are in Spain. Go, Sergeant <laughs> Peugeot. Sergeant <laughs> hello, hello. Who <laughs> nicked me pepperonis? <laughs> well, Bobby's love pepperonis. I, 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 it makes perfect sense to divide this show up via commercial uh, break, right? That's how most most uh, entertainment is divided. You, you you go for a while, and then there's a break, and then you go a little bit longer, and then yeah, there's another well, break. Can, can I say one more thing about this that nobody cares about? I think it's especially <clears throat> important because no one cares about it. I care because you and I never talk about talking no. about it. We don't talk all. about the show in the show or the industry no. inside the no, industry we show. We don't. We don't we talk about it off show. the show. All right. I here Here's the thing. I think, I think one thing that's confusing, I, the example that always comes to mind for me is, for example, uh, think about the way it used to be. I've said this before, but it, this this makes sense to me. There was a time when, like, if you were a vegetarian, first of all, you were a weirdo. Everybody thought you were a weirdo. And mm. the thing is, if you met another person coming through the rye, mm-hmm. which you could eat because it's a vegetable, a grain. Rye, you could, but not the other person. Just oh, to that's be a clear. good point. Unless they're, Unless they're a life model decoy. Okay. Right. You, couldn't, um, you couldn't eat my thinking is if you encountered, especially somewhere, like let's say you're somewhere in the Midwest, like you even say in Ohio, in 1975, and you run into another vegetarian, like you're going to find so many more similarities than differences, I would conjecture. Anybody if you, who's in if the- you were, If you drove a British sports car at any yep. point in time between 1949 and 1975 in the United States, you would honk and wave when you pass right. someone else in a British sports car. Okay, maybe, maybe ham radio or similar? Like so the kinds of things where you're doing, or like stereo, like hi-fi dads, mm, hi-fi dads. Bro, you know, my at, house was my yeah. house. The guy that uh, that built my house was a hi-fi dad. God, I gotta see this house. The one point I'm trying 
very poorly to make is that there is, and when you're in the out group or in interested in something that not most people don't know about, you find a lot to bond over. Eventually, maybe if it's something like a nerd thing, like you find a lot to disagree and argue about. You know, would 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 Superman kill Lois Lane if they had intercourse? That kind of thing. So, oh. does he also have super control? Is the question right? There's oh. those kinds of things. Now, today, the reasons people are vegetarian are a myriad, and sometimes, yeah. dare I say, conflicting. Right? Some of right. it's for health, some of it's for ethics, some of it is for environmental stuff. And like there could be two people that eat a very similar diet for extremely different reasons. That's what we are. Some is still with- just to make dinner time uh, a trial for your parents. Oh, God, yes. Oh, I don't. But the other day, my daughter said, I really don't want to eat a protein with, with, a, with, a, with pasta anymore. Because that's the kind of stage that she's in right now. Oh, just yeah. Saying, just saying things, just saying mouth words like that. You know, Ken, Ken Jennings has two kids. One of them will not eat. One of them's a ve- vegetarian who also won't eat, I don't know, tomatoes. And the other one <laughs> is a carnivore, but who won't eat cheese. <laughs> Is he got a real Jack Spratt type situation? <laughs> and having dinner over there is just like, okay. And you watch the casseroles just keep coming out of the oven. Like, and then this one is the one in case you like meat but not cheese. Here's the one the rest of us are going to eat. This oh my one, God, this sounds like a blue book word problem. <laughs> <laughs> this one is vegetarian, but without tomatoes and no uh-huh. salt or whatever. And you're just like, wow. Yeah, a friend of the show, John Syracuse, talked about this with one of his kids who like, on the one hand, is a vegetarian, but also doesn't like many vegetables. Yeah. Well, I, think, I, think, I think the vegetarianism or the owning an MG or having a ham radio, that's where podcasts were a few years ago. Uh, however long ago, which is like, oh, podcasts are cool. And for me, like, it didn't even need to be stated that a pod, this is from a very long time ago. To me, a podcast is where a bunch of people talked about a thing, usually three white guys talking about Linux or whatever. But <clears throat> you, if one liked the medium, uh, you know, uh, you know, that was a cool thing and you could, you could bond over it. And there were certain podcasts a lot of people like. A lot of people's first podcast was, podcast was that, like, that Ricky Gervais podcast that was, I think, <clears throat> somewhat maybe arguably one of the first big podcasts. Now, today you have so many different people who like different kinds of podcasts for different reasons that just saying podcast, that's not that meaningful. Because uh, a lot of people now, what they really like is fancy people who used to be on public radio. Oh, now, that's a very different – listening to a 23-minute episode of Planet Money is very different from listening to a 35-minute You Look Nice Today or a two-hour Reconcilable Differences. All those shows, like, they have a different Weltanschauung going on. And, uh-huh. and just, to, to, just to land on this final point, God bless you, Germany um, – not those chapter markers don't fit for all of those things. Chapter markers don't fit for improv. You know, they barely fit for prog rock. Boy, I mean, <laughs> for side two of any prog rock act, right? Bow, you're just, bow, bow, you're bow, just putting bow, song titles in bow. there with like semicolons, and then it's the, <laughs> it's like third heading, fourth heading. But if you're gonna listen to Supper's Ready. You know, yeah. it's it's a it's a it's an album whole album side. You you can't just you can't you can't jump straight to the end. You're walking across the sitting room. You know what I'm saying? I have spent a lot of uh, of time in my adult life trying to figure out what the Germans want. Oh, what do the Germans want? How to deliver it to them? How to please the Germans? Because <sighs> I figured out. vo German desire. Danke schön. Bitte schön. I spent so much time trying to please the Brits, and I realized you cannot please them. If you try... (laughs) They're like, oh my God, John, John, John. They're like vegetarian teenagers. 
They absolutely are. They're good. They're and, mad about something, and they'll figure out what it is later. But they're one hundred percent also like if they know if they feel like you're trying to please them, they're like they're like they're like Seattle punkers in nineteen ninety. Yeah. If they feel like you are trying, they will hate you more. And yes. the more you appear to not be trying, the more they will suss out that you're secretly trying and hate you. There's no way around it other than to be. I mean, the only way to please them really is to be beautiful and talented and, uh, and like arrogant and louche or whatever, you know, like there's no, mm. you just have to be perfect and then they will love you for a week and then they'll turn on you too, right? There's no... Well, well, might they might they think that if you're too pretty and you're too, uh, whatever that word was, if you're too that, like, then they're going to think, oh, you're getting over your skis a little bit. Like, because there's so many different sins in England. And it isn't one of the sins to, like, think that you're more, as they say, posh than you actually are. Right, or to be, or to be posh and slumming. Right. Mm. There, I mean, you can break every, you can break so many rules in, in England and, hmm. and, uh, 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 beats beats the shit out of me, but at the same time, they think the guy from Baby Shambles is amazing, hmm. and just then shower him, and he just like seems like such an affected, fucking louche douche to me. Yeah. But the Germans, very differently. Mm -hmm. If you try to please the Germans, they respond. They want you to try to please them. They're very civil, and they're and I the Germans I know are very humane. But if you try mm -hmm. and they notice you're trying, they go, ah, yes, mm -hmm. you have not done it yet. You know, <laughs> you are trying. I am not pleased, but your yeah. effort is noted. Yeah, you are trying, which is good. <laughs> Let me help you with like three other examples of what you could do. And then they give you three examples which are completely implausible, absolutely not a thing you could possibly do. I've told you about the guy that came up after the show and told me I should write more songs about football. And, you know, he had just sat through a two-hour-long winter show. I hmm. came as a fan, you know, was there to hear the music. And Is it because you'd done tune. a song about football or because you never, hadn't done any songs about football? Never done any songs about football. What he was trying to do was give me uh, some clues yeah. about how I could be more popular with his countrymen. I see, because you're, you're talking about soccer football. They love soccer. Okay. And he... Felt like if we had even one song about soccer, that would be that's better than having no songs about soccer. And mm -hmm. it's you know as as somebody <laughs> who, who makes things in the world, Merlin, you know yeah. that every once in a while you have a conversation with someone who <laughs> it gives who, you a little note. <laughs> well, but who professes to really love your stuff? Oh yeah, who, big fan. Who, yeah. who clearly knows. <laughs> Everything you've done, yeah, and is like, and can quote a word for word, and then makes a comment or a suggestion uh, yes. that suggests that they have just fallen to earth, have never heard a word, they've just said. emerged from their pod, They're and like, learned oh, enough to, to say something completely ponderous to you. Right. What would be amazing, Merlin, is yeah. if you did, you know, if you did a a, a a whole show on productivity or whatever, where you're just like, what, hmm. what? 
What did you just say? I feel like it would be like me going to a baker. And like, I don't eat a lot of baked goods, but I could imagine me going to my favorite bakery and saying, I really, your stuff is really great. Hey, big fan. I've been coming here for a long time. You probably don't know me, but you know, I love um, it. you know, you signed my role one time or whatever. But anyway, I, and I, and I say to them, you know, your stuff is really good, but have you thought about using more things that require uh, the half teaspoon teaspoon mm. have you thought have you thought about using things making more things that would uh use a round plate or mm. something no but like we just that's that's the weird ones for me like saying to you you should write more soccer songs it's like it's it's i kind of get it but it could be so outlandish when you come in with your file card on something yeah and uh, sometimes it can be fun though well it's i was never going to write a song about soccer but what what stunned me about the about trying to please the Germans was that they <laughs> were very upfront about the fact that what they thought was authentically American uh, was very important to them. Like there was an authentic Americanness that the that the Germans and 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 by extension, kind of the Dutch. I was gonna say yes. The this idea that there what there were good things about America, and there was and 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 a big part of that is the kind of cultural mm-hmm. movies, music, Marshall Plan, mm-hmm. right? But the the sort of cowboys, the, a lot of cowboys, they love cowboys over cow, there, right? They, they still love, love them, cowboys, right? don't they? Cowboys yeah. and bikers, mm-hmm. but there Blue was jeans, a, tr- jeans, a yeah. truth that came from America, yeah, and that truth they believed in, even as they knew it was a a funny hat, you know, they knew that it was a, that it was a cowboy hat with feathers on it, but they believed in it so much that they, that they were not shy about saying like, have you ever thought about wearing a cowboy hat with feathers on it? And I, I you know, cause I'm standing around after the show month after month, year after year, and like hoisting my, my little <clears throat> fruity pleaser and listening to people say like, thing about America is million, million of those conversations you know, with, with good friends. Yeah. And I'm always like, yeah, but that's just a hat. That's just a hat with feathers on it. And they're right. like, yeah, 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 yeah. A hat with feathers. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and then maybe it's a slight gesture to like indicate where the <laughs> yeah. feathers are. Yeah. yeah. Have yeah. you, have, I mean, feathers. but if you, if you, but it's not just a hat with feathers, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm like, well, it kind of is though, because mm, to, to you the, it would be a hat with feathers. Yeah. Yeah. All the people that you're talking about, they're, they're all from Los Angeles and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, but, but these ones were from Toronto and I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, that Toronto is Los Angeles of, of, of uh, of Canada. Canada, it's not. There's no, <laughs> no there's nobody there. That's uh-huh. like like all of the skinny guys in blue jeans that you're talking about with long beards that have feathers in them. Like those feathers were put there by a stylist. Huh. <laughs> and but you could not convince them. And the thing is, I didn't have to convince them because they knew it was true. It just didn't matter. It's so interesting to me what what ends up being or not being a non sequitur. Because to the person who's talking about the Havis Fezas, that probably is not a non sequitur at all. I'm thinking of a time that I actually do remember is one time we were playing the cow house, as we did. Bacon Ray did a sound check. They had a new guy there, and uh, the new guy was not very good. And, yeah. you know, it's one of those things where you could never, you just couldn't hear anything on stage, and it sounded all sounded often so true. weird. Often true of the new guy. Well, you know, you've done this a thousand times more than me. But, like, anyway, at the, at the end of the sound check, um, 
you know, you, you learn not to, what do you want to do? You never want to piss off the sound guy. So even no. if the sound person is not doing a very good job, you're going to be as, you know, also, you know, you're a guest there. You want to be as nice as you possibly can and kind. And even though you've been in that place a thousand times more than that fella. Anyway, at one point he walks up and I think he might've said this to Mike or it might've been to me, but he walks up, uh, apropos of nothing, he walks up, says, um, you know, if you play with your fingers, you'd sound more like Stanley Clark. If you play with your fingers, you sound more like he's Stanley talking, Clark. He's talking about the bass player. If you played with his fingers, if you play with, with, with your fingers, you sound more like Stanley Clark. More like Stanley. Clark. Now, I mean, now to somebody else out there, that that's going to sound like just another fun anecdote, like the doorman at the gay bar on New Wave Night, who said, "As far as I'm concerned, all you New Wavers are in purgatory." It sounds like just another mm-hmm. non sequitur, except there's several layers of non sequitur to that. It yeah. was un, it was un, utterly unbidden. Right, we were we were playing a drunken GBV style uh, '90s indie rock with right. a little, with some Beefheart flavor, right? But it was just it was just so strange. And so, what do you say to that? You say something like, "Oh, thanks. You, you're probably right, right?" Sure. But to me, oh. to me, and to Mike and, and Brent and and Bruce and everybody, that really did kind of seem like a, a non sequitur. Well, yeah, it 100%. probably makes sense to him. I mean, he's got. He obviously has Stanley Clark as a reference, and he. I think what oh, it that's is, his file card. But you get you when you're talking to bass players, right? The, I think when you talk to musicians, um, there there's a there's a process of evolution, right? And at one point in your life, you become aware of the fact that there are bass players that play with their fingers and bass players that play with a pick, mm-hmm. and that within bass player worlds, that's a dividing line. Now, okay, fair. Yeah. Um, uh, within bass or like, players, like, like drummers and grips, like like you know, people you get about Bevins yeah, or, right. or you open get open grip, get clo- you know, like, yes, you know, yes, left-handed drummer on a right-handed kit, mm-hmm. you know, gu- guitar player that palm mutes. Like there's <clears throat> there's all these things that as you learn and you you cross a threshold, and you're like, oh, oh, I get it. That's a bass player playing with his hand. Okay. This is a bass player playing with his pick. Oh, mm-hmm. and it, and the tendency, especially if you're like a guy in his twenties, is to think that now you get it. And this is true. Oh, uh, so so like you got you got you you're a little early at claiming the skeleton key. You don't know enough yeah. yet to know that that's not a skeleton key for. Uh, it's, it's a skeleton skeleton key for fewer things than it feels like, given your level of expertise now. Right. It does. It decodes a thing. But it does not decode anything, really. I mean, if, if you if you said that to Stanley Clark, he'd be like, uh, "Yeah, no." You know, like the, it, it's it would be meaningless past a certain point because some of the best bass players you ever heard play with a pick, and there are a lot of people playing with their fingers that are not super good bass players, right? It's not a divided line. Right. If you played a fretless, you'd sound more like Pino Palladino on that one Paul Young, Paul Young song. Yeah, right. Or if you played mm-hmm. a Chapman stick, right? You would play a Chapman uh, stick, you'd be a bald guy with a mustache and King Crimson, la la la. But that kind of thing, and that's the you know, that's the myth of or that that's the problem with young people gaining a toehold in expertise. Oh, sing it, sister. It's just, it's just like, oh, yes. now I get and it's why people come up to you at shows and want to talk to you about your amplifier. And they're like, oh, is that a, <clears throat> is that a pre-CBS? Oh, yeah, sure. And you're like, oh, pre-CBS, really? Is that? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, let's talk about that because that is interesting. It's an interesting thing. I noticed you, you're not using a ring modulator. 
Yes, yeah. you did. Thank you. That's very good. Like, is that a, is that an original or a reissue? And the thing <laughs> about that stuff is that a post CBS rat battle. The thing about that stuff is it's really interesting to talk about if you find somebody else that kind of knows the same stuff that you do and you want to talk about it as a kind of game. You, you could talk about tailpieces all night. You could. Yeah. The thing is, the truth is that there's there are things that are obscure and stupid, and even somebody who knows as little as me find that interesting. Yeah. Like on my telly reissue, the um, it was it was a real pain in the ass. It was a real pain in the ass, and it was old and, and it was bad. My Rick, like that's different. That's different from like a Floyd Rose. There's all different ways you could talk about Fretz Bridges tailpieces all night long. Yeah. Right. And the, I have an I have probably ten Instagram accounts I follow, where the the level of knowledge in the people following it is just fun. Because they'll yeah. post a they'll post a fifty four Telecaster, and there will be all these comments that are like, "Whoa, wait a minute!" The you know the like adjustment screw on those on the tone knob <laughs> right is wrong, and then yes. the people at the at the place will be like, "We thought so too," but then we realized it was factory because for two weeks oh, in nineteen fifty four they ran out of the ones the and best, the, yes. and you're just like. Oh, touchdown! But it can also be like the people in the quote-unquote goofs section of IMDb. It's so right. fun to find somebody who's got, I won't say a fetish, but definitely like an, an area of interest. One that I discovered not long ago is a guy who has a lot to say about military insignia. Okay. He's constantly pointing out in different movies when some form of like a uniform, a medal, like that medal had not been issued at this point. Nobody would ever actually wear their captain stripes, you know, like that, et cetera, et cetera. But like, but in a place like what you're describing, that can be so fun. And, and again, in comics, fun. that can be so fun, you know, like super fun. So I was talking about like this, the, the, all the different ways you could ink this particular thing that was penciled the same way but is it is the question is like is it going to be constructive and generative or like are you are you not even realizing how much this is not as profound as it feels in your head well that's the thing because it's <clears throat> because there's a difference between being on instagram and and being in a community of people who no, no one in that community is claiming that that telecaster is um <laughs> What like think about putting it, a Floyd Rose on there? Yeah, well, uh, but they're also not they're not claiming that they're not claiming anything about the way it sounds or the way it. I mean, they will make claims about it sound, but but people in in a forum like that recognize like, yeah, but what it sounds like is super personal and up to you, right? right. What we're talking about is this screw. What the guitar sounds like, come in and try it. Is is basically the attitude but what you get when you're coiling your cables at the end of the night in a in a venue um you know in uh, you know outside of munster is a kid that comes up stands at the foot of the stage <clears throat> and says is that a 64 or a 65 and what or or the sound man says like if you played your fingers you'd sound uh, more like jaco pastorius <laughs> and what what you're getting there <clears throat> is something different. Somebody who's who wants to start a conversation, basically. But what they have to work oh, with, sure, yeah, are some some kind of false dichotomies. Is what they are. Like, you get a little bit of a you know, uh, Mister Mom, two twenty two twenty one conversation. He, yeah, and what they're hoping to do is enlist you in an agreement. Because if you're like, oh my God, bass players that don't play with their fingers, am I right? Then they're then they're like, well, I unlocked it. I have the skeleton key for what this musician or what, what good musicians like. 
right. I've fallen for it. You know, I've 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 been the young guy that that wanted to talk to somebody and was like, "Wow, you know, yeah, is that a, is that a black beauty?" Well, snare? Inten- intention means a lot. It's like I like to say, like sometimes emails are not to communicate information; they're to say "I love you." There's a big difference between like a you know a call just to check in. In that case, somebody who's looking for an inroad to just say hi, I'd like to visit with you for a minute. Yeah, yeah, that's like not, I think that's lovely. It is. It's just that so much of that stuff is code for a ton, like a language that used to be, I think, a lot more popular, which is that um, there's authentic and there's fake. There's mm-hmm. there's uh, there's honest and there's lying. Right? There's music that lies. There's music that lies to you, and that's what you have to be on guard against if you are a oh, tw- twenty-four. You mean like in the case punker. of like you're being tested by the person to gauge your authenticity? Uh. That that there's that there's fake music that there's mm-hmm. that there's real punk and there's fake punk <laughs> there there's real <laughs> country and there's fake country right. that there's real you know, jazz yeah real jazz and fake jazz exactly Absolutely, yeah and that I mean people died over that shit at some point as crazy as it sounds um, mostly by OD yeah. but like people died over whether or not. The jazz they were making or that they loved was real enough. And now in 2021, um, looking back at it, I don't even remember what – I mean I can remember what it felt like to be in the room. I can remember what it felt like to be – to stand and talk to somebody who was kind of casting an aspersion that the music that you're making isn't real according to some – according to the – the fact that your bass player doesn't play with his fingers or whatever. But sometimes but I, the rubric is not always clear. Like sometimes it's like, it's difficult to know, like when somebody comes up and says something like any of these things at first, I think it can be difficult to gauge, not just intention, but like, but do you know what I mean though? Like it's, it's sometimes it's just that I, I feel like it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, it is a challenge in some ways, like to come up and like make a reference or something and see how somebody reacts. Yeah. Well, you want, <laughs> I want nothing more than to walk up to, um, you know, t- to my hero and say something that says, mm-hmm. I'm in on it. White, I'm in sauce, on- white sauce, not a problem. And, you know, the number of times that I've walked up to Doug Marsh from Built to Spill <laughs> in the, you know, in the hot, the, the, the hot case line at, backstage at a festival <clears throat> where we both got a tray and a meal ticket and somebody is about to put some chicken cacciatore on our li- little prison plates. <laughs> and, glamour. you know, and Doug, Doug Marsh is a little bit younger than me, but yeah. has been, uh, has been a, a musician I've admired since before I had a pot to piss in. Mm-hmm. Like he was making music that I adored before it was even clear to me that I isn't couldn't he a pretty introverted guy? Introverted and you know, like at least in my case, impossible to parse mm-hmm. because the number of times I've said, "Hey, Doug, it's uh, John Roderick. We've met before. Uh, I, I'm in the Long Winters. I just wanted to say great show today, or like, you know, hey, your new album." really great or mm-hmm. you know like hey oh i you know i just was talking to your bandmate a guy i've known for 20 plus years <laughs> and he was saying that you guys were um gonna 
you know, do some shows or, you know, just like, and yeah. to get, and to get, to get more of a reply from his chicken cacciatore than from him. Oh, jeez! Over and over this has happened, right? But so it seems that like that's I, maybe not about you. Do you see him being, um, well, I know, but it sure feels about, it feels I know, about, I know, I know, know, I know. And that's the hard thing because I'm standing there and I know that somewhere on the festival grounds or somebody wants to do that to me, probably less, then I want Less to do or it to fewer, Doug. but 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 also just that like it's nice it's nice to be nice and and when you can have like just even a little moment and you don't seem like a creep, right? You're not coming off as a creep. I mean, I'm a little bit of a creep, sure. Yeah, I mean, who who among us isn't a creep? You, you couldn't really? even remember uh, what's his name, Joel McRae. What's his name? You couldn't even remember his name. Yeah, Joel McRae and the and the blonde girl who who knows about uh, architecture in L.A. The blonde girl, you know that gal, that gal from the sure. thing. Oh, she's she's all <laughs> the one that knows about architecture. <laughs> Chevy Chase, I've seen him in movies. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, what I don't have in that situation though, is anything I actually want to say from to Doug. The only thing I want to hear him say really is, oh, hey man. Yeah. I really like that last long winner's record. Thanks for saying hi. Be nice. Would be nice. That's what I'm desperate for, Mm -hmm. you know, but, but I, but I didn't even, you know, never really even got the hey man um, and that's, um, that's fine. Uh, I realized I need to stop trying and just let, let go and let God. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've tried to talk to, uh, to Britt Daniel from Spoon uh, multiple times. Yeah. But Britt Daniel, <clears throat> sometimes he would step down off of his hoverboard, mm-hmm. um, just to like spill a drink on my pants and then mm. step back on it and just hover just very slowly. It's not like he would speed away. <laughs> he knows he what he did. Very, very slowly hoverboard away, <laughs> like at a speed that if I wanted to walk along kind of fast, I could keep up. But, um, <laughs> he just keeps throwing drinks. Hey, hey, um, 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 it's a bandolier like, full of half finished drinks. <laughs> so that's you know that's never played out for me. But but I still. And I don't know whether you, how how you fell on this, whether you were whether you were deep enough into indie rock to have. <clears throat> I know that you've in, internalized a lot of it, but like, I did not ever feel like I was like I had a, a I could make an argument that what I was making was pure and unaffected. And honest and uh-huh. true, and um, you know, all the things that my girlfriend in the '90s believed about music, right, right, that Neutral Milk Hotel was unaffected and true and honest and deep and profound and real. Almost like Alan Lomax just happened into a, like a, a barn in Indian era in uh, rather Louisiana and just turned on turned on the recorder and got it. Like so right. pure, like some kind of like, you know what I mean though? Like an Alan Lomax, yeah. like prison gang song or something, or yeah, like the, going the, out, the, the, going into the, into the interiors of Africa, you know, with a recorder and like the only really pure music. Yeah. The music was already being made, whether he had his microphone there or not. And it was being made for a reason, which had nothing to do with being recorded or you ever hearing it. Mm-hmm. It was being made for a practical reason, like, like a, like the guitar was a, 
was a spinning wheel or a hoe, mm-hmm. and the music was there to serve a purpose before God. Rather than everything, you, everything that one knows about the entire, not just music industry, but music as a whole thing, would seem like not only can you just like not imagine Jeff Mangum listening to say Missing Persons, but also that like you would tell him the story of the Buzzcocks literally making their own like covers for forty fives and stuff like that, and you go like, oh God, well you're gonna you're gonna put music on plastic and sell it in paper? Gross. <laughs> That's so weird. I just sit here and play my play my hoe in the barn. It's the crazy thing about hi-fi dads, right? Because Alan Lomax records this music <laughs> and then it goes it goes to hi-fi dads who are like, you know, like, "Oh, I always take the tubes out of my amp and put them in the freezer overnight <laughs> because it chills the vibe down or whatever." And you know, and the fact that it the, the tubes take that much longer to heat up is the is the tone that I'm going for. And yeah. You know, and, that's the only and way think, you can really appreciate Robert Johnson, for example, Charlie Patton. You need to really get those tubes at the right temperature. Cool the tubes cool is the what tubes. they say. Cool the tubes. <laughs> but you know, those guys are feeling somehow. I mean, I, it, it got introduced into the into the water supply somehow. Did those guys feel insincere or inauthentic, uh, uh, like like culturally consuming stuff that? What they prized about it was its honesty, but that they were being voyeuristic somehow, and that they had to. This is the this is the problem, right? Like, is Jeff uh, Mangum mentally ill or not? That was the question all through the two thousands, where it was like, is it okay to listen to this? Is it okay to listen to Bonnie Prince Billy or Cat Power? Because or what's those, his name? Um, what's his name? The Austin guy. Was yeah, an example. Uh, Justin. Not Brian Johnson or Robert Johnson, but uh, Johnston. um, Johnston. Daniel. Daniel Johnson. Thank you. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like the exact same, like uh, the uh, the flip side of that is like, this is the only real music. Like these people are the only truly gifted. uh, They're the, they are the witches and warlocks of folk music. Yeah. It's like folk art or like, like a practically like feral art. Like. And right. Anything, yeah. right, and anything short of that, or any anything that with more artifice, every additional bit of <laughs> you trying, might as well be slayed. <laughs> yeah, right. You might as well just be like, oh, sure. Put you know, why don't you write some songs about football in that case? <laughs> you know, if uh-huh. you're gonna yeah, like, yeah. if you're gonna if you're gonna be able to give an intelligible interview or whatever. And I always felt that we were on the, we were just, we just didn't have the, um. We weren't. We didn't have the truth because I wasn't powered by. I wasn't powered by my spleen or by my, you know, mm-hmm. uh, by my dirty pants or whatever. I don't know what I was powered by, but, but whatever. You're coming it was, up. You're coming up in that age of distance and irony. I mean, not that irony was invented, you know, <laughs> in the '90s, but that I think. But I think about somebody like Pavement, who was well regarded, a band that I like, a critical fave. Uh, but like they played pretty feral in some ways, but they could not have been more deliberately. At least Malcolmus could not be more deliberately and ironically like detached, which maybe gave him more cred in that way. Well, that and that's you know the first time I saw Malcolmus sing like a regular person, mm-hmm. sing like yeah in tune, sing like he cares, <laughs> sings like singing sing like he cares. I I was like, oh, so he can. He can do it. Yeah, he can. And so if he can, that means that the whole thing has just been a, I mean, you have to try harder to sing like 
you don't care. <laughs> it takes honestly. a lot of work. Yeah. It's so much harder. Yeah. It's like, well, I saw a movie the other day. Oh, oh, uh, it was, uh, we, for Friendly Fire, we were watching a movie where David Bowie, it was a, like a war movie, and David Bowie was in a prison camp. And at one point, he starts singing. Oh, like, Merry Christmas, Mr. Singing. Lawrence? That's right. Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. He starts singing in the prison camp. And he sings out of, he sings out of tune. Mm-hmm. He sings in a kind of raucous, flat way. And it wasn't necessary for the character. It was mm-hmm. just a characterization that he did, he chose to do. Like, well, this guy's a British officer. There's no, or a South African. There's no reason he would know how to sing. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be interesting? And it was More one of the, kind of the kind of voice you would hear in like a, a drinking song, like a yeah, boisterous right. sort of Casablanca, that sort of thing. And to watch him do it and just be conscious of like how hard it would be, how hard it is as a singer to sing poorly without going over. Right. right? I, it's so, hard to imagine, say, like a Josh Groban pulling that off. Because you can sing poorly. I mean, I could, I can sing poorly like, oh, yeah. But yeah, it's but like but singing I, like a, an eighth tone off is very yes. hard. Very hard. And Especially was, if you're a good singer. You can't help. I, your brain I, is recalibrating to make you sound better than that. Yeah, and in order to sing badly, you sing too badly, or you sing, yeah, you sing self-consciously badly. So how it was that Malcolmus managed to, I don't know. I mean, it's uh, the strangest thing to attribute to someone as a gift. Like, wow, he had a gift to really sound like someone, he and his band really sounded like some people from Stockton, California, who didn't know... (laughs) how to play music, which they were, except they weren't. And I don't, I don't, I'll, I'll go to my grave, not knowing how to live in the same world as that. Uh, because I was just struggling to write a, a good song and sing it mm-hmm. and to have enough talent and enough, like, I don't know, like hostility to go into the world and and feel like writing songs is easy enough that I can also pretend I don't know how to play them and also have it be have that be real and not uh, mm-hmm. you know I'm not like Mr. Bungling it it's you know it's not mm-hmm. like I'm not in Ween it's not I'm not this isn't a joke band it's a serious band well those guys are very talented well, and very serious. I know that Ween is extremely serious. Well, I, you know, in some ways it makes me think, though, about, like, for all of these things, I, it's like, this is a, I've talked about a dumb rubric, but it's like, you know, um, like with certain TV shows or certain movies, and when I'm sort of failing at explaining what I like about it, it could be bands also, obviously. It's like a phrase that I find myself using is, um, this movie really knows what it is. Or this band really knows who they are. You know what I mean? And not in right. like a conceited way, but in a way of like, you know, there's all these different axes we're talking about here. So in the case of, of Ween, like I know Ween's not for everybody, but they're extremely serious about how they're not serious. Like the, the way Mickey plays guitar is just like, that, that guy's spent some hours in the woodshed 
getting to where he could play don't get too close to my fantasy in the way that he does where you know what i mean it's like so in some ways my 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 guideline for that which is practically useless is like does this do this does this band know who they are and are they figuring out how to become more like themselves and i think with certain directors you can see that but it's it's just that i think people get a whiff of somebody who doesn't know who they are but thinks they do and that can be rough to watch i'm a stunt you know what I'm watching this latest era of made-for-TV series. Mm-hmm. Prestige like TV. Super filmic TV shows. Yeah, yeah. Um, because, of, because it's coronavirus. And even though I don't even have a TV. Don't I have a TV, but you could watch it, on, uh, watch it on your Chromebook. Well, but I also, I know people that have TVs. Right? Okay, so all right. And, um, that's, very, that's very broad-minded of you, I have to say, that you could look past you know, your own uh, desire to not have a TV and then, but be, be okay with that and set that yeah. aside. I think it's very cool of you. You do that for your friends. You do that. Yeah. And I, you know, I, you know me, I like to I keep do. my finger on the pulse, but I've yeah. been, I've been watching this TV and because I'm not, um, because I'm not a TV watcher now watching it, like a few years ago, I felt like, wow, black mirror is some kind of other level of good. Mm-hmm. How is it possible to be making this other level of good in the, in the regular world where, where what you're up against is, uh, NCIS or whatever. Yeah. And n- now it's like after years of watching law and order shows. And then my wife and I watched, you know, the wire and it was like, yeah. Ooh, these are, oh. these are really, these are practically almost d- different media. But now it feels like, Every time somebody says, oh, you should check out this show and I go watch it and it's like, well, that, how did they, that, that's 10 episodes of like amazing television, right? Like, like amazing. Yeah. Like Quick Queen's feels... Gambit's a good example where it's like, it's not, it's not the most groundbreaking thing in the world, but like, like by standards of five or 10 years ago, it's like, that's all anybody would be talking about right now. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. And, and then I go on the internet. Oh boy. Uh, and I, it's not like I go on the internet to find out what people think about my favorite show. It's just that it's inescapable if yeah. you have watched a thing. Yeah, Ted Lasso suddenly... is a good example of that, where like people who are have decided that they are not going to watch Ted Lasso, especially with how many people talk about it. Like then, then you start to notice like how much it's like inescapable that you like you must join the zeitgeist. You have to wear the ribbon. Like you've got to watch the show that your friends are watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of. But but what happens is then. Uh, there's in, in invariably uh, there's going to be somewhere at least a group of people who decided that they are going to tilt against this show. Oh right. Here, yeah. Oh this show. And yeah. It's funny. Mo- most people don't tilt against Ted Lasso because Ted Lasso is built around the idea that tilting against it is doing more harm to yourself. Yeah. Right? The whole the whole premise of Ted Lasso is if you want to hate this show, by all means. Yeah. Um, but like, how how does that make does it make you feel better? Yeah. But most shows that are serious about themselves that take themselves seriously are also open to being accused of a of a thousand other things, right? And watching people that want so badly to hate a TV show that to me watching it as a noob, I guess. And feeling like, look, I've watched TV. I'm 52 years old. I fucking grew up on TV. And this, whether you like it or not, is 
inarguably great. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's amazing what got made here. Now, maybe I'm not inside it enough. I can listen to an album. Yeah, but like, that- there's like always those sort of like, where I like, I, I, when I, when I run into that, and I think I know exactly what you're talking about, but you'll run into this thing and like, uh, uh, I'm like, well, you know, B, I'm not going to find out, but A, I bet there's something, an internecine war about mm. something I don't currently understand behind this. And that mm. could be, like my kid, my kid has so many reasons that she won't watch Mandalorian. It's really frustrating to me. And of course, one of them is that, uh, what's her head? Uh, you know, the gal, the gal from Rent, uh, uh, the gal from, uh, you know, oh, what's her name? Oh, Rosario Dawson. Yeah. Apparently oh, right. her family did some, uh, some problematic things involving a trans person. And mm. so my kid will not even allow Mandalorian to be on the screen. Which I know I get that, but that Mandalorian. F- oh, because she's she's Ahsoka. Ahsoka, Ahsoka Tano. I see. Who's now got her own show? Also, now listen. I, that that I, I'm not saying that for any reason apart from on the face of it. I mean, this happens all the time. Where she'll there's and again, this is her version. I think in some ways of oh, what was my example from earlier? But like, it's going to be so difficult for me to explain this to you without explaining five other things first. You know, we can't right. bake a cake until we've invented the universe. And she's going to have to explain some kind why people make fun of Lin-Manuel Miranda for a photo where he bit his lip once. And then oh, that's yeah, a TikTok. Yeah. Well, but like, you know, I, I guess I, when I say cute. I want to know, what I mean is I really don't want to know. But is that kind of possibly what you're talking about? Do you sometimes feel like there's more to this than this person just didn't like the last season of Game of Thrones? Oh, it, yeah, always. And, it's, and I don't speak the language fluently enough to be like if i listen to an album and i feel like the bass player is uh is to stanley clark <laughs> i've got you know if a, you played with a pick you'd sound more like mike coleman <laughs> yeah like if you played with a pick you'd sound like yeah. you belong in this band exactly. like i have some feelings about it right but i don't have any relationship to <clears throat> online that would uh that would compel me to go on there and have anything to say about the, this band. I mean, I will go online every year and make some disparaging comments about the catalog of Billy Joel, but I do it only to get people riled up <laughs> because I feel like you this have is so a, many friends that love <laughs> Billy Joel. This is a sweeps week or whatever. Uh-huh. Let's oh, let I them, see. You got to really bring in the big it. ratings. Yeah. You know, but, but for instance, Ahsoka, now I don't know what's going on with Rosario, Rosario Dawson's relationship. You guys seen Clone Wars, right? Uh, Yes, we. So my daughter is a is a major Star Wars enthusiast. Mm-hmm. She has very intuitively, from the very beginning, had a lot of questions about why there aren't more female protagonists. And, Good question. And par- in particular, why there aren't more toys of female protagonists. Right. Yes, he did mention this. Yes. Okay. And it was it was only later that I realized this is actually a thing. Right. That they're that that they that the toy manufacturers neglected to make enough uh, toys of their female characters, yeah. even as Star Wars branched out into having you, you female You can find the most random, because they have to make those decisions long before the thing comes out. But even still, if you know Ray is going to be kind of the star of the thing, why isn't there more Ray stuff? Isn't there more Ray stuff? Like, you can find the most obscure, weird alien from one scene as an action figure. But, but not, not like Ray. Cool, yeah, and, yeah. And, and so, you know, my kid is an action figure oriented player and she doesn't have the girl character she wants mm-hmm. in order to play with her own toys. Now she does have every bounty hunter that lined up to talk to Dark Vader 
about <laughs> finding Han Solo. Uh-huh. Uh, she's got them all, and she can name <laughs> she got them. A lobot? <laughs> she's got a Lobot. She can name them. But uh-huh. when it comes to, like, um, and, 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 you know, and they made three or four different Padmes, but she's like, I that, just That's want, more like a Barbie, though. It's more of a Barbie, right? Yeah, I, all the she's different like, I, want, I yeah. want more girls. Well, Ahsoka, when she got into Clone Wars and Ahsoka hit the, hit yeah. the scene, I mean, she is 100% Ahsoka, so much so that I went on the fucking dark web yeah. to find an Ahsoka. Real, Ahsoka and who's, you know, Ayla, Ayla Sakura is the, yeah, uh, the blue lady. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the finding that action figure. God. Like, it Did you go like eBay a, or something? What do you? Yeah, uh, it cost me a lot of money. Oh my God. Because they're not, I mean, there should be Ahsoka action figures papering the earth. Right, she's really cool. That's <laughs> so nuts. when she when she appeared in the in the in the Mandalorian just recently. Oh my, god. oh my god! Like everybody in the house, my sister, like we were all there. And when she appears on the screen, it was like a giant cheer went up. It was Yay! it was thrilling. To see. I didn't know. First of all, I didn't know that was Rosario Dawson. Second of all, I didn't know Rosario Dawson's family's history with the, with the problematic trans stuff. But I have to say, I'd heard. I try to watch it as quick as I can now because we're getting to a point where there's a quickening of things happening and spoilers and whatnot. And like when she first appeared, I was like, I had the exact same reaction. I was, it was thrilling, not least because the way they translated her from a, a cartoon into like a person. Where Ayla Sakura in, uh, in her one terrible dumb scene in that one Star Wars movie, you know, Order 66, like she wasn't as cool looking. They went more for the sexy thing, but like I, she looked so good. I was like, that's her. <laughs> Like, well, I'm she like, looked you know, like her Leonardo up. DiCaprio pointing at the screen. <laughs> That's her. I mean, I mean, this was this was the thing about Ahsoka was that she was a little girl or you know yeah. a teen during the Clone she's Wars. A very pod one, pod one. Yeah, and now she's like a grown lady, and and she's so, badass. Oh my god. Anyway, the the idea that that I that that my kid isn't. You know, that there would be people in the world that would want to take Ahsoka away. And I don't mean want to take her away. I mean that there would be problems with the actress playing Ahsoka that would that would inspire in the in the cause of justice a group of people to say this thing which is the thing my nine year old has been waiting for yeah. is no longer cool for you know, for a sort of uh, a cascading series of reasons is is the kind of thing that I, I the only thing I can relate it to is banned culture at a certain point in time that had nothing to do with the with social justice that had everything to do with like that you know that music is is not it was never that it was canceled it was that if you listened to that it de um like it canceled you well sometimes and sometimes that could be as simple as like um this is this is a very very i don't know this is kind of a dumb thing to say but like I, okay just dead honest there i'm going to say there have been times in my life where and i imagine times in your life you also the listener where learning that this was a band that somebody liked, let alone that it was their favorite band, their special band, learning that about a person would lead to a phrase that we've all used at some point. That's all I need to know about him. 
Oh, like if you yeah. met somebody and they, without any prompting, told you their favorite band was Limp Biscuit, that's there's a time in my life where that's all I needed to know about them. Is that I could fill in, in a lot past? of details. Is that in time color. in your life past, or does that still? Because I feel like if if someone were to say my favorite band is Limp Biscuit, mm-hmm. and it's not, and I, it's not ironic, mm-hmm. I don't know if I, if I can recover from that. Well, I, I mean, insert any band here. Like, there, but yeah, that's okay, right. how about this? How about you think? Let's talk, really get into this narcissism of small differences, which yes. is like, let's say you're really into Britpop. Well, the more that you're into Britpop, the more I bet you could say, oh, you like Blur more than Oasis? That's all I need to know about you. Right. A Paul Revere and the Raiders more than the Beatles? Really? Or like, whatever. Right. Did, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not no, saying no, no. that's smart or like like savvy, but like there are things like that. I bet where it's it's everybody has their reasons. Well, sure, and and we don't. I mean, you and I are from a period of time where it's like you like Elliot Smith, I like Elliot Smith. This person likes Elliot Smith. Who started liking Elliot Smith when and for why? Did you like Nick Drake before the VW ad? Right. Did you? A, there's all these lines. Did you like Elliot Smith before his awkward Oscars performance oh, or whatever? You know what the ultimate one of this is? Hmm. And, and we're, we're off the Ahsoka thing now. This is not all a metaphor for that. This hmm. is, we're back to talking about music. But the, uh, Dave Depper, the new guitar player, and when I say new, he's been in the band for six years or whatever, but the new guitar player for Death Cab hmm. put up a, uh, a coronavirus boredom based ranking of all the rem records and you know like best to worst and a guy i know who is a little bit older than dave depper but you know five years younger than me put up a his list of all the best rem records uh best to worst uh, about three weeks ago Mm -hmm. and john moe Yep. The uh, the the Minnesota Public Radio friend, mm-hmm. uh, John Moe put up his list of the best REM records, uh, best to worst. Mm-hmm. And you can look at those. I could take those three lists and randomize them, and show them to you, and you could tell me how old each person was. I was thinking exactly the same thing, like how many people are automatically going to pick up. Or like, or sorry, or like automatic for not automatic for the people. Yeah, the sure. one with Versus, like you look at, you say, oh, that guy's favorite album is Reckoning. He just turned fifty-four. That's right, and that's the <laughs> thing. And and basically, where Reckoning is on the list is, I mean, it, if you took everything else and blurred it out, I and get just it. Oh, that's so good. Where Reckoning was, because the youngest dude put Reckoning somewhere way down underneath. Some REM, some, you know, some post up REM records like mm-hmm. Reckoning's like, oh, number eight. And to read a list like that as a 52 year old mm-hmm. makes one insane, right? Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. nothing that makes me want to grab a kid by his shirt and shake him more than failing to appreciate where Reckoning belongs in a wrist of, in a, in a, in a wrist of REM records. Yeah. Um, but. Maybe the young kid who's able to, I mean, uh, so the question is, is he ranking those later records more highly because he has a teenage uh, 
connection to them or is he actually coming later able to listen to all the records exactly i i could see i i mean think about think about uh i'm gonna invoke them think about the beatles i mean i bet there's a lot of people that would say please please me or you know whatever was like was their favorite i mean i i i oscillate between rubber soul and revolver the correct Um, answer is revolver what's that is the correct right? answer is mm. and white album is very good too but the thing is i was not alive when any of those albums first came out and and the, to me the ultimate example here would be something like led zeppelin where it's like people who and i'm not i'm not casting aspersion but like people who know led zeppelin from having heard it exclusively like heard it on the radio or like but but to have come up at a time when led zeppelin 2 was the new led zeppelin album and then when led zeppelin 3 was the new led zeppelin album being there when those albums came out is such a different experience you you can't it's it's really be really it's pointless let alone difficult let alone pointless to try and explain to somebody oh it's it's you probably if you were there for the year like apostrophe came out or joe's garage or like whatever like or shake your booty you'd be like these albums were so goddamn weird imagine being there for uh for child mask replica all i'm trying to say is like like you know my biggest beef with what you just described is the word best like, why do we have to say best? Why can't we just say, it changes the, I know this is not as fun to argue about, but it makes so much more sense to go, here's my, here's my, um, here's the REM albums I like in order of how much I like them. It's, it sounds like a distinction without a difference, but that versus here's them in the order of which one's best. And it's like, ah, oh, please. I think that that's English, I, only English I, people do things I, like that. I think that's what they, what they mean. But like, I But then remember. there's nothing to argue about. You can't argue with. I like reckoning close to as much as I like murmur. I mean, I I could basically say to you that with Rush, there's like it starts at this point in the graph, it goes up here, it peaks there, and then it goes down from there. And you would know exactly what albums I'm talking about. I mean, from from my standpoint, any band that started recording in 1970, mm-hmm. if they made it past 1982, I doubt it i mean rush being one of the one of the main examples of a band that made it past like rush and rush I mean, knew who I, they were rush and rush kept doing it right yep. i mean rush had a record in 1970 but rush also had a record in 1990 that first time i saw like, them live so was probably 2005 or six but by that point in time i mean and i don't i do not want to incur the ire of pink floyd people oh boy because I hear you that the David Gilmore era of Pink Floyd is amazing and absolutely still canonical Floyd, but it's a different band. You're saying a, a Pink at, Floyd at, without Roger Waters. Without Roger Waters. It's a different band. It's called Pink Floyd, and David Gilmore is my favorite member of Pink mm, Floyd. I like them when they were called a, The Pink Floyd, and they had a real a, singer. It's a different band. <laughs> <laughs> but like now, I I'm I'm sure I remember sitting and arguing with someone, maybe not arguing, but talking about the album presence as though there was something controversial about it. Absolutely. And trying to figure out like what the fuck about presence. And now I we don't live in a world where Led Zeppelin talk is any kind of currency anymore. Mm-hmm. There's no way that you could go into a room and divide people by how they feel about presence. All definitely, you, I mean, definitely nobody under a certain age. I think it would be. This is going to be a real boring argument to have with somebody who's 26, probably. 
Although somebody that's 26 is the, probably the only people that care. They're catching up right? on Spotify. Good point. Right. Yeah. And they're, and they're listening to Zeppelin albums and they're going like, oh my God, this one's good and this one's bad. And, you know, if you're 54, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. which is on Presence again? Is that Achilles' last stand? Mm-hmm. I don't remember anyway. Boy, I Presence used to smoke is the a one with the weed. weird cover that was probably by Hypnosis. It's uh, a very Hypnosis the, uh, with, cover. With the obelisk. Yeah. Oh, wait. I thought it was the family sitting around the table. Yeah, the family sitting around the table with the obelisk. Yeah. Oh, see, it's That's like the presence. gorilla with the basketball. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I was thinking that a couple of days ago that the the number of of bands that we grew up on because we're we're early Gen X. I I have reconciled myself to understanding. I didn't. I'm, used to I'm much it. closer to Boomer than whatever came after us. I used to fight it, right? Yeah, yeah. But we were raised, on, we were raised where serious young people listened to a kind of music that an awful lot of the purveyors of that kind of music were English, and they were presenting themselves as wizards, <laughs> and their music was about <laughs> Satan. Uh-huh. <laughs> they were. Yeah. English young people who were wizards who <laughs> were singing about. I Satan. can't tell if you're talking about Judas Priest or Rick Wakeman, but in either case, it works. It works, right? I mean, it, it, yeah. if you think about, I was the watching Heavy Metal Parking Lot last night for the first time in such years. A, such a good, such movie. a good movie. movie. It's on, it's on YouTube if you want to check it out. Also, the follow up from 2006 where they catch up with people who were in Heavy Metal Parking. Oh, Lot. Oh, I hadn't seen that. But like you know, but like I remember when I was first learning about Rick Wakeman, I was like, he he actually really would wear like a floor length cape on stage. Well, like, that guy's I mean, a fucking uh, wizard. Jimmy Page lived in Aleister Crowley's house. I mean, yeah. if you just the number of wizards, a lot of wizards, but also cheapskates. A lot of English wizards are cheapskates, for sure. Well, because mm-hmm. you know, like <laughs> what they're giving it all to Satan, they're tithing it all to Satan. <laughs> but then there was a transition somewhere. Hey, hey, hey! Who ordered appetizers? Hello, hello, hello! What's all this thing? But like, oh, I'm not going to pay for that. <laughs> In in our lives, and we were because we're however old, right? We were still listening to wizard music, yeah. Even as the serious young people started to turn to music that was defiantly not about wizards, that that pre- that presented itself as being authentically from the streets, mm-hmm. and that music was all. I mean, the put on there was that it was a bunch of middle class kids all claiming to, you know, not care about anything. And then it, you know, it, it, I mean, our young lives were spent in this kind of conflict between like, wow, this, this wizard music is really cool, but also it's so uncool. These, it's just a bunch of like old English dudes pretending to be wizards. I really should be more serious. And that seriousness involves having my music be less fun and more angry. I mean, I think a lot about the generation that came after us that grew up um, post-transformation of hip-hop from serious-minded, like, kind of, like, uh, Enlightenment revolution-based to, like, these are the real stories of of pimps slinging rock. So wait, so you're talking about like going from like Boogie Down Productions to NWA kind of or 
No, I mean NWA was the thing that 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 bridged the gap. No, I'm talking about like yeah, from going from an era, the 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 late '80s mm-hmm. where where hip hop went from um, being like a New York phenomenon to being a phenomenon where college educated blacks were talking about were were giving you the real story of the world hmm. in a way that was supposed to be edifying and oh also- so that could be like a uh like a de la soul tribe called right. quest kind of period or jungle brothers but also also including um slick rick uh, <laughs> also including slick rick but well, you know, we like eric, the party. B, eric b and rakim <laughs> like that was all serious music yes and it yes, was yes, and yes. it was meant to lay out the truth of the world made him clap to and this and also yeah show uh, you know it was it was forward looking it was it was uh it, it laid out a path right to uh, to a different world and then that through kind of the aperture of nwa just opened up into a different world which is like we're not trying to make it a better world we're just trying to tell it how it is the music mm-hmm. now is going to be like reportage mm-hmm. and then from there it goes into basically wizards worshiping satan <laughs> it's just the wizards were this imaginary world of crunk cup um you know <laughs> like, about getting chopped and screwed <laughs> you know just like all of a uh-huh. sudden get it's, you drank it's, yeah and and it but it's still representing itself as reportage it's just that it's fantasy now. Who's the wizard now? Who's the wizard now? Yeah. Right. And so like the wizards, um, the, 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 the old Satan wizards, I mean, though they weren't fun. If, if you remember listening to that music in the seventies, it was dark and dangerous and scary. And those, absolutely. Yeah. Those musicians themselves were dying, dying of heroin. It was plausible. They were actually worshiping Satan. They were, a lot of them were very dirty. Dirty. It was a, no, not was, not 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 dirty in the blue sense, but dirty in the sense of like you get like a eh, not not just Lemmy, God bless him, but you know people who are a little bit gritty. You get maybe a Saxon. You get like a new wave of ooh. British heavy metal kind of thing, which was yeah. slick but still a little bit uh, dingy, a little dirty, and you don't know what's. You I know, think a lot of uh, those bands have some wizards. I, there's there's history and wizards in Iron Maiden. A lot of history and probably some wizards. More wizards than history, frankly. Almost all their songs are history. About wizards in history. History, okay, all right. History wizards. I, I mean, would, I would, I would, uh, I would watch that TED talk. Jack, Jack the Ripper. Okay, wizard. Right. Mm-hmm. History. Charge of the Light Brigade. Wizards. Every one of those people was a wizard. Hmm. So, I mean, if you think about who came, who <laughs> you'll take who's my horn, but I'll who? take yours too. <laughs> <laughs> who's zooming? Who right? Is, who's zooming? Who? It, who's the wizard are, zooming? Who? Do the huh. wizards look like they're in the charge of the light brigade or do the charge of the light brigade soldiers, are they taking style from wizards? Oh, huh. exactly it's, the kind of question a wizard would ask. It's like just because he, you look like a wizard doesn't make you a wizard. You don't like look like a wizard doesn't mean you're not in the charge of the light brigade. Right. Just because you're wearing a waistcoat. Mm-hmm. Are you in a metal band? Waistcoat. I'm going to say you're in a doctor who episode. That's the thing that see, you're putting that on. Oh, he's a wizard. He's a kind of a wizard. He's absolutely a wizard, but hmm. and I was going to say that's after the fact, but there was Doctor Who happening all the way back. Shit, dog, right? Yeah. See, I, I only yeah. came to Doctor Who later because yeah. they didn't have Doctor Who on my on, on my shortwave radio. You didn't even know on TV, but it's from the seventies, sixties. When was the first mm-hmm. Doctor Who? Uh, Nineteen sixty-three, November twenty-third. No, TV, TV yeah. show. Mm-hmm. So Jimmy Page is sitting in his short pants watching Doctor Who. <laughs> And he's like, which way do I Mommy, go? Mommy, mommy. Which way do I go? Like, 
Do I? I mean, I've got this guitar. I want to save money I, and be serious about my studies. I don't have a TARDIS. What's the next best thing? <laughs> Lands in a junkyard and then yeah, history changes forever. The next best forever. thing is a cape, right? You put a you put on a cape. It's like a, a cape. It's like yep. A, yep, yep, it's yep, like yep, a port yep. of TARDIS. Cape, a lot of wizards in Harry Potter, literally, they have capes. They're all you wizards. The, the Kennedys own some property on the cape. There's zero metal in the Kennedys, but there's lots of metal in Harry Potter. Lots of metal. Am I wrong? Hmm. hmm. Don't like you, don't you find lots of heavy metal in? I, it, I don't know enough about Harry Potter, but it yeah. seems to me that, that the whole thing is just like, um, is just like a heavy metal magazine from the UK in 1985. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, gonna think, every single thing. If you yeah. took all of the, if you're like, you're a Hugglepuff and you're a <laughs> you're a you're a schmuffin schmertz. <laughs> And it's it's basically just like name my band. You uh-huh. just take those you take those people, and it's like, oh yeah, they're. I mean, they're a little bit fresh faced at first, but Palladium Anorexia. Put a curse on somebody. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, dude.